Good morning. Good morning. And peace be with you. Uh, this uh, Sunday is, we celebrate the epiphany of our Lord. And so in our readings this morning, that will be pointing to the Christ, the Messiah that has come. And so that's what we get to look forward to. I will call up uh, our announcer, Ed, for uh, giving us all the news that we need to know. Thanks, Ed. For those that I get to say Happy New Year to before, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, yeah, announcements for today is that uh, it's about uh, 53 degrees and the wind's going at 18 miles per hour, but it's going to start slowing down and getting warmer, but it's going to take a little while. Okay, missions. This month we are giving our support to Lutherans for Life. And they are, are a nationwide organization that serves to equip Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Bible study picks up Tuesday at noon. Everyone is welcome. Bring a Bible. If not, we'll find one for you. We have a council meeting coming up uh, this uh, next Saturday on January 13th. Takes place about 9:30, and all are welcome. We'll be discussing the our budget and getting that ready for the following annual congregational meeting, which will be coming up Saturday, January 20th. There will be a lunch being served at noon, and after that, we start our meeting roughly about 12.45. Big month for a lot of people celebrating. We have the birthdays for January 10th. There's two of them. January 10th is Marlis, Bucky, Bucky, and Allison, Yabuki. Paul O'Donnell, Paula O'Donnell will celebrate January 12th. Ashley Thompson, January 26th. And Carol Keene will be celebrating on January 27th. This month we also had a special wedding anniversary. We want to wish a happy anniversary to the people that just celebrated it yesterday. Lee and Sharon. Leiberg, they're right there behind you. So, yeah. I believe those are the main things that I need to bring up at this point. There's also a prayer meeting the first Wednesday of each month that we continue to do and we need to do. And we're back to normal hours now. Uh, with our church office hours, Tuesday through 30, Thursday, 9 to 3. If you know anybody that's sick, and I know that Debbie could not be with us, uh, 
Vice, uh, she's uh, going to be gone emergency. She's not feeling well today. So get a chance maybe later on, let her know that you're praying for her. And then with that, I'm done with my announcements unless I miss something. Did I miss anything, Susan? Thank you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You know, if we say that we have no sin, the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God in his mercy has given his only son to die for you. And for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, 
Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, by the leading of a star, you made known your only begotten Son to the Gentiles. Lead us, who know you by faith, to enjoy in heaven the fullness of your divine presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, you took it. <laughs> Neither one of us is Ashley. I'm sure. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. And this can be found on page 1155 in your pew Bible. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and following. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. The second reading this morning is Psalm 72, verses 1 through 15, and we'll read that responsively. It's printed in your bulletin on page 6. This is a Psalm of Solomon. Endow the king with your justice, O God the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, through all generations.
In his days may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. He will take pity on the weak and the needy. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. The epistle this morning is taken from uh, Paul's letter uh, to, uh, to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And this can be found on page 1820 in the Pew Bible. Paul's writing to the Gentiles in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace <clears throat> that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all of the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him and through him, faith in him, he may approach God with freedom and confidence. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go you have the words of eternal life alleluia the holy gospel according to saint matthew from the second chapter glory to you o lord our gospel this morning is from matthew chapter 2 
verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1497 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the hand of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'm going to take a quick walk over here because um, today being the epiphany of our Lord Jesus Christ, I want to um, have you focus on our Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to light the Christ candle so that as you hear the sermon, and look over my right shoulder, you will be, oh it is going, you will be uh, reminded of the light that came into the world of darkness. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. You know, for uh, 2,000 years, the story of the Magi has intrigued us. Who were these travelers from the East? Where exactly? In the east, where are they from? What 
was their real motivation for traveling from a faraway land. And how many of these wise guys were there? You know, three gifts does not mean just three people. What about the light in the sky? Was it an alignment of the planets that God arranged to point to Jesus? Was it a supernova? Was it a celestial miracle? Was there one light? Or was there two lights? Was one to get the Magi in the general vicinity? And another to point out Jesus specifically? Well, perhaps much to our frustration, the Bible answers none. None of these questions. If the Bible tells us nothing about these questions, then what does it tell us, you may be asking? Well, one of the things that we learn from the account of the wise men is that God welcomes Gentiles into his family. This is especially important since many people believe that the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew to write this gospel from a Jewish perspective. There are actually two representatives of Gentiles in the account of the wise men coming to worship the Christ child. First of all, the account mentions Herod the Great. And as you may know, or you do know, Herod was an incredibly paranoid and cruel ruler who even killed his own wives and his sons when he thought that they were plotting to take his throne. And one of the surprising facts about Herod was that he was not Jewish at all. He was a Gentile, a Gentile politician who maneuvered himself into Caesar's good graces so that Caesar appointed him king in Jerusalem. And the single most important policy of the Roman Empire was this. It was to maintain the peace within the empire. And Herod used a kind of a, a carrot and a stick approach. When he heard of an insurrection, well, he put it down quickly and with great brutality. Now, on the other hand, Herod went so far as to start an 80-year plan to improve the temple in the hope that this would increase his popularity. It did not work. When Herod died, nobody shed a tear. And Herod is the first Gentile mentioned in this account. Now, after Matthew mentioned Herod, the Holy Spirit inspired him to tell about the Magi. The Magi were 
from the land of the rising sun. We hear of magi in two other accounts in the Bible. And in both cases, the magi were high-level advisors to royal families. And perhaps the most famous magus, magi's plural, magus is singular, the most famous magus of all was Daniel. After the Babylonians kidnapped him and brought him to Babylon, they learned this. They learned that Daniel was ten times wiser than any of the magus that they had. We know that Daniel was also a prophet of the true God. It is possible that these magi were from Babylon. The ones that came to see Jesus were from Babylon, and they knew of Daniel's teaching. It's possible they may even have been disciples of the teachings of Daniel. But in any case, the magi are the other Gentiles mentioned in this account. Now it is from the Magi that we learn that Jesus is for Gentiles as well as Jews. And already at this point in Jesus' life, he is drawing Gentiles to himself. He is definitely drawing the Magi, but he is also drawing Herod as well. The Magi believe in this child Savior, and they worship him. Herod rejects his Savior and is afraid. And here we learn this, that there are two ways, two ways for all people. There is, firstly, the way that the Holy Spirit gives to us faith. Then, there is the way of rejection. And Jesus described these ways as recorded in the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now the really sad and insane thing is that Herod had the word of God. He assembled them. You heard me read it. He said all, it was said that all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it was written by the prophet. The prophet said, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Here is God's very word spoken to Herod from the mouth of a scribe. Herod actually believed. He believed the word 
as far as the birthplace of Christ. Despite the belief, though, his goal in finding Christ was the destruction instead of worship. As far as the Bible was concerned, Herod was into, well, a sort of smorgasbord plan. You know, there's a lot of people who treat the Bible like a smorgasbord or a hometown country buffet. You know, a, a restaurant that offers many selections of food for you. When I was David's size, people would smile and welcome me in. When I come in there now, they go, oh no. If you examine in a, in a smorgasbord, you examine the food and you take the food that you like and you leave the rest behind. Many people treat the Bible the same way. When the Bible says something they want to hear, they take it and they make it their own. When the Bible says something that makes them uncomfortable, well, they may say, I disagree with that part. People who pick and choose the parts of the Bible that they will believe are on the biblical smorgasbord hometown buffet plan. King Herod teaches us that taking the Bible on the cafeteria plan is a, is a really bad idea. He was able to believe that the Christ would be born in Bethlehem, but he was still able to believe that it was okay to destroy Christ. He was quite ready to listen to God's word, and then twist, twist it to his own diabolical purpose. And we, like King Herod, we're often smorgasbord or buffet Christians. We really like to feed on those parts of the Bible that tell us about God's love. But then we skip those parts of the Bible that tell us about God's justice. We feast on the parts of the Bible that point out the speck in the other person's eye. But we skip the parts that tell us about the big old plank, the beam that's coming out of our own eye. God gives us a well-balanced spiritual diet in his word. But we want to skip the Brussels sprouts and the other vegetables and just go straight to that dessert. What parts of the Bible, what parts of God's Word make us uncomfortable? What parts of God's Word do we want to set aside? Are there parts of God's Word that we avoid because maybe they make us feel guilty. There are times when all of us have been like Herod, taking the parts of the Bible that fit our agenda and then ignore the rest. We are all 
guilty of taking the plain meaning of God's word and twisting it in our own will. We are all guilty of skipping over the parts of God's word that make us uncomfortable. And when we do that, when we do that, we are following in Herod's footsteps. The really sad thing about following in Herod's footsteps is that we miss out in the same way that Herod missed out. You see, Herod had the opportunity to meet God in the flesh. He had the opportunity to worship with the Magi. The God who drew the Magi to their Savior by the star, he also extended an invitation to Herod. The same God also extends an invitation to you and to me. Now, God the Father extended that invitation to the person of his son, the little child that the Magi worshipped. He sent his only son from the very heights of heaven to be born in humanity. As God in flesh and blood, he kept the law perfectly in our place. As God in flesh and blood, he took our place on the cross where God punished him for our sins. And this little child kept all of the law. And not just the parts that were pleasant. We know that God's Son finished his mission for death could not hold him. And after the law, after he kept the law perfectly in our place, after he was obedient to the will of his Father, after he died on the cross and was laid in the tomb, he came back to life. He rose from the dead. His resurrection means that his invitation offers forgiveness and life and salvation. The account of the Magi traveling from the east, it teaches us that God's invitation is for all people, Jew and Gentile alike. This invitation was even for Herod. And Herod teaches us that we can reject this invitation and take the path that leads to eternal destruction. The Magi show us that God, the Holy Spirit, can work faith in anyone. He works the faith that lets us take Jesus up on his invitation. He works the faith that can make anyone part of the family of God. Now, on this Sunday, we observe the Feast of the Epiphany of our Lord. Christmas celebrates God taking on human flesh. It celebrates the birth of the God-man, Jesus 
Christ. Epiphany celebrates the announcement of that birth to the world and the invitation that the God-man, Jesus Christ, extends to all people. I'll be done in a minute, baby girl. Jesus invites us to believe, as Paul writes to the letter of the, to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, that after Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He sent the Holy Spirit to work that belief to work that belief in us. And as the Holy Spirit once used the light of a star to draw the Magi to their Savior, the Holy Spirit now, He uses the light of God's Word to draw us to the same Savior. May this light of God's Word continually strengthen us in the faith that leads to eternal life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified and died and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray to God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Father, thank you for hearing our individual prayers brought before you daily, and for hearing the prayers of our congregation each Sunday as we worship you throughout the year. We know that your will is perfect, and your answers are always what is best for us. You already know that we are impatient and short-sighted and that our limited understanding and foresight leads us to frustration when what we ask for is not immediately forthcoming. 
Sometimes our frustration leads us to question your love for us and perhaps even doubt your existence. We humbly apologize for our feelings. Satan knows our weakness and takes advantage. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reinforcing our faith and showing us the love of God the Father, even when we doubt. Thank you also, Holy Spirit, for pastors who constantly instruct us in your law and saving gospel of Jesus the Christ. Without faithful pastors, we could be easily led astray into trusting ourselves, our government, or whatever trend is politically correct today. Holy Spirit, we're thankful and pray that you would continue to shine light upon those around us who perpetually lie and are otherwise deceitful. Without your light of truth in Jesus our Lord, we would be led toward perpetual darkness. Thank you for reinforcing our faith when we're tempted to drift off the path to eternal salvation. Eternal Father, as we enter a new year in our measurement of time, we give you thanks for carrying us through 2023 and its significant challenges. Although we can expect problems to continue this year, especially attacks upon our faith in Jesus by secular society, we praise you for protecting us and encouraging us to trust in you. We also praise and thank you for calling to your service those around us who shine a light of compassion and care for the least among us, those Jesus identified as belonging to him. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding us in Holy Scripture that when we act to aid the less fortunate, the sick in mind or body, and the lonely or desperate, our actions demonstrate love for you. Because we are often surrounded by darkness, we fail to see the light of your servants among us. We celebrate the light and charitable spirit of the Elks, who with those among the nearly 400 motorcyclists wearing Santa outfits, brought joy and Christmas gifts to children in a nearby group home. We also recognize the Toys for Tots charities within the Marine Corps, police and firefighting organizations who serve underprivileged children. Each of these servants demonstrating true generosity and a charitable spirit without fanfare or official notoriety. We also give thanks for touching the hearts of others within our congregation who take time out of their busy lives to care for our shut-ins, the lonely, and those in despair. Holy Father, thank you for all of our children. We ask that you guide us to teach them kindness, tolerance, and love for their neighbors. We thank you also for encouraging those with young children to share this blessing with others who have no children or seek to be around youngsters and their laughter to lighten the load of separation and solitude. We give you thanks, Lord, for all whom you have created to seek professions in medical fields, those you have called to heal others. We give thanks for those who mend broken bones, broken teeth, broken bodies, and broken spirits, as well as those who nurse people back to health. Thank you, Father, for those who chose professions that serve others, like firefighters, police, paramedics, and military members, all who place the needs of others above themselves. Holy Father, thank you for this wonderful congregation of believers in Christ and our pastor, who leads us in the one true faith.
Please keep us healthy in our minds and bodies and strong in our faith, especially as we face the trials of disease and uncertainty in our everyday lives. Regardless, thank you for the certainty of our future with you. Thank you for your King David reminding us in Psalm 23 that though we are today walking in the valley of the shadow of death, that you are with us, you comfort us, and you save us. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. To the care and redemption of all that you have made, for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, indeed, right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our dark darkness should give away to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us.
You may be seated. Salvation is for all who believe, Jew and Gentile alike. This feast is yet a foretaste of the feast to come for all who believe, Jew and Gentile alike. If your confession, and I heard it, is Jesus Christ is Lord, then come. The table is prepared. The usher will bring you forward. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.